DiscerningHearts.com presents The Heart of the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola with Father Anthony Wick. Father Wick is the Jesuit priest of the central and southern province of the United States. He currently acts as a retreat master at the White House Jesuit Retreat Center in St. Louis, Missouri. He also serves as a spiritual director at Kenrick Glennon Seminary in St. Louis. The Heart of the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola with Father Anthony Wick. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Anthony. Thank you, Chris. It has been such a delight to be able to venture with you into the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. What you've done is you've shined a light on a particular area that with time, maybe we'll be able to revisit one day and have big giant spotlights so you can see every single detail. But just even the glimpses that you've given us have been such wonderful food for so many people's spiritual journey. So thank you so much. My joy, I'm caught up in this vision. I'm caught up in this. St. Ignatius continually draws me out of myself. This for me is such a rich and holistic vision. I do love to share it. And I do believe also that a key of understanding it is within the rubric of Mary. So it's a, a Marian aspect of magnanimity, of being large-souled, allowing the Lord to do these things within us. Huh? If we would but let the Lord work within us, it's a key of understanding St. Ignatius, the Marian aspect. So he's so often misunderstood as this driver, as this soldier, as this organizer, and I feel like we, we do him a disservice not understanding his heart, not getting to his inner motivation, the fact that this man was so moved and allowed himself to be so moved that he had problems with seeing towards the end of his life because he had so many tears. <laughs> That's not my problem. I wish I were my problem, but it's not. But what a gift yeah, to be able to allow yourself to be so enraptured in the mysteries of God that it moves you to tears. So... And I, and I believe that's the Marian dimension. He was able to let go as much of a doer and a man's man that he was before his conversion up to the age of 26. He turned that all into this reverential praise and service of God where he was always attuned to the Lord and could recalibrate even in the most difficult of circumstances, even had the order been suppressed, which we were at one point you know, between, uh, what was it, 1773 and 1814, that he could recalibrate and recenter on the Lord. So I, I do believe the Marian aspect is is critical to understanding him well, understanding the discernment of spirits, understanding this following of Christ that leads to a healthy understanding of uh, discerning spirits for you and me. So that's kind of the rubric in which I myself am, am grateful for my relationship with this this amazing saint and am deepening it myself and caught up in love of Christ as St. Ignatius draws me into that ever more as a Jesuit. I, I, I love my life as a Jesuit. I'm amazed to be a Jesuit. I, it's phenomenal. I, I just love going deeper and deeper into this charism and reading works that, that help me do exactly that. That's so beautiful, Father. I mean, the, the thing about that, that Marian dimension, I mean, she is the queen of the apostles, the queen of saints. She, she's our mother in so much in the spiritual life, so that ultimately we as her children take on that character of the one who 
was so grace-filled. I mean, and that's what we're being called to do. And I think here's, it's so beautiful how you help us through the eyes of St. Ignatius see how he, in, in that great humility, wanted to become that, that vessel and to do that great whatever ultimately. And that takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of perseverance and prudence and all that kind of stuff and discernment. But yet that's what he was trying to help us to get to it, wasn't it? That's right. And the ultimate human act here is this letting go and allowing God to do things in me that I couldn't do on my own. So I'm working with God, but fundamentally there's a there's this active receptivity. There's an opening up to letting God do things within me that St. Ignatius models for us. And it's the perfect antidote to some of the ills of our society today, which are very much a grabbing the bull by the horns. I want to live this deep life. I want to understand whatever charism, the Carmelite charism. I want to do this. I want to apply my gifts in this way. I have gifts for the church. I want to see if I can help in this way or that way here. My, And it comes down to a lot of initiative from the bottom up that I'm hoping God will bless. And that's backwards for Ignatius. Everything starts de arriba, uh, from, from above. So it's letting the Lord give that inspiration. And I work with the Lord in his inspiration. And so St. Ignatius learned how to surrender and allow the Lord to work within him. So yes, he was he was fully engaged and used all of his natural and, and, and human faculties to praise, reverence, and serve the Lord. But he was an inspired praise, reverence, and service. He had to give up all of the human ways of understanding chivalry, understanding service of God, letting the Lord take the initiative in his life. And I, I feel like he's a he's an ideal saint for our day to teach us how to do that, to really allow our house to be built on the rock. Or in the words of Jesus, but the, unless the Lord built the house, the laborers labor in vain. But I feel like there, and unfortunately, there's a lot of vain labor in the church today of very well-meaning people trying to help reform the church and and uh, you want that to be inspired from above, first and foremost. So it's going to be a contemplative, a receptive experience of, of letting myself be inspired by the Lord. And then within that inspiration, as my heart is burning with that inspiration, I'm applying my gifts as the Lord would wish. Isn't that threefold expression, that contemplation, communio, a mission, that threefold aspect of what it is to actually live out the Christian life? Yes, yes. So the mission comes, I first need to enter into a relationship, which is initiated by God. And from that, I discover my identity. And then I am sent out. So it's a being drawn, allowing myself to be drawn in to the heart of Christ. And there, there's a purification that goes on for me. There's a re- restoration in me. There's a receiving the graces of God, knowing myself as his beloved child. And now, leaning into the mission and spreading that joy, spreading that new life, the life of Christ that overwhelms me, that amazes me, that strikes me. St. Paul did exactly that, really allowed himself to be drawn into the loving heart of Christ, filled with that love of God. He began to to spread it, but it wasn't a project for him, you know, a project to spread the gospel, a project that he kind of calculated how things would be. And so he was a very efficient apostle. No, he was an efficacious apostle because he knew first and foremost he was called to be conformed to Christ. So he does speak about all the sufferings and the beatings and the imprisonments and the shipwrecks and, and things that he underwent for God's sake, experiencing that the life of Christ and that death of, of self, more and more life of Christ as he died to himself. So 
that's meant to be our experience too, but it's being drawn into the experience of Jesus. Our, our faith is intimately relational and hence we discover our identity and then our mission forth to draw others into that same experience of relationality and profound being drawn in, cleansed, strengthened, made whole. Yes. That's why it's so important that we can take a look at this great gift of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, because it really can help the, the average person, can it? Because if it's truly the, this gift, this great grace from God, it's meant to help build up the church as a whole, isn't it? Yes, it, it certainly is. This is not a particular charism compared to other charisms. I really do think it, it is meant to the to build up the church. It's a particular gift given Ignatius for the sake of the church. It's not unique to the Jesuits. It's not the property or possession of the Jesuits. It's for the entire church. And so fleshing out these these riches is definitely going to help the church move forward in the new millennium uh, to move forward with um, this holy zeal given by the Lord. So I, I do think it's it's incredibly apropos to the needs of our day. So I'm glad you, you and your listeners are are desirous to flesh it out, to explore these avenues given us by our Lord to St. Ignatius for the sake of you and me. So it's a, a great gift given to the whole church. We'll return to The Heart of the Spiritual Exercises with Father Anthony Wick in just a moment. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. A prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to The Heart of the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola with Father Anthony Wick. Well, I do have to say this, Father. I mean, you say your listeners. I would say our listeners, because I would say there are many people out there right now that want to hear what you have to say. They want to listen deeply to how you communicate these beautiful insights. And in particular, you know, now that we're talking about the second week in the discernment of spirits, 
can you continue to guide us and to show us and illuminate that path for us? Yes, thank you. The discernment of spirits certainly takes place within the context of moving forward in relationship with the Lord. So as I'm surrendering myself more and more to Jesus, as I'm living a life more and more conformed to Christ, in the second week, we're reflecting on the Gospels and the life experience of Christ. We're discerning spirits within that trajectory of surrendering myself to his call, experiencing the call of Jesus. That's where that happens. In the second week, the call of Jesus made manifest. In the third week, we enter into the suffering. We've been speaking about that recently. And in the fourth week, the resurrected Christ, living this resurrected experience with Christ. At the end of the exercises, and I'd love this to be our focus today, St. Ignatius pulls this all together with what he calls a contemplatio, a, a contemplation, ad amorem, so to obtain love, a contemplation to obtain love. And what he's really saying here is he's going to give us one last contemplation meant in the fourth week towards the end of the exercises to help us learn how to love as God loves. Now, clearly you and I don't obtain God's love as if God, we have to earn it or something like that. But to learn to love like God loves, again, this is a Marian experience. Some of these exercises were given by our Blessed Mother to St. Ignatius in the cave of Manresa. So he finishes the exercises with this special contemplation to learn how to love as God's love, to attain God's way of loving. So learning to love as God loves, it's the most noble of human quests. You and I are meant to have divine love flowing into us, through us, and from us. So such a person living in love like that is really a person, in the words of St. Irenaeus, a person, a human being fully alive, caught up in contemplation of God, in love with God. So he offers us in this last contemplation, and we'll put that in our show notes, uh, this uh, contemplation, contemplatio ad amorem, contemplation is to attain God's way of loving, so that our listeners, our listeners, very good, <laughs> can see this that there's two preliminary considerations that help us be drawn into that fire of love. The first is that love must be manifested in deeds. So love always is manifest. God loves us and shows his love for us in the concrete. And so this kenosis of self-emptying love of God, describing the very love of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's about giftedness. God gives himself as a gift, and all love is manifested in deeds. Secondly, he says that love gives and communicates to the beloved whatever one has or can have. So love is an exchange. If I'm in love, my greatest joy is to share with you, my beloved, what I have. And such persons are clearly living within the heart of love. Then on the page, we can see that the St. Ignatius will say, pray the regular Ignatian preparatory prayer, ordering your prayer properly as we learned in the principle and foundation that we're called to praise, reverence, and serve God. We want our prayer to do exactly that, that this prayer be properly ordered. And then here comes the prelude, the play before, if you will, like before a concert or orchestra, the warm-up to the prayer, a realization of how much you and I stand before all the saints and angels interceding for us. And Ignatius loved to imagine himself with the front of the throne of God, with all the angels and saints interceding for him and, and strengthening him in this total surrender, an amazement of how much we are loved. And all these saints inviting us to to join their company, to enter in full-throated praise to God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's a there's almost a lightness that 
this contemplation begins with. We're feeling lighter. We're being lifted up in love through their intercession. There's a hopefulness in this that you and I too, Chris, can be caught up in this complete fireball of love. In the second prelude, he says, we have to ask for the grace to be overwhelmed by a deeply profound recognition of how much we've been loved by God and are loved right now. He says, uh, we're asking for an interior knowledge of so great good received in order that being entirely grateful, I may be able in all to love and serve the divine majesty. Being caught up in love, huh? So love, oftentimes for you and me in our experience, we can take it for granted. It can wash over us, but, but almost off of us too, like water off a duck's back. But love's meant to rather seep into us, to become one with us, if you will, to animate us, to light a fire within us. So we're asking the Lord for the grace to be a sponge of God's love, like Mary, like Joseph, a completely receptive and overwhelmed by this amazing love, receptive to everything God wishes to pour into us, this what Jesus calls a good measure flowing over. So entering and burrowing into the heart of the church where Joseph and Mary are, where there's where the church is without spot, stain, or wrinkle. So this is the experience we're asking for, is to allow myself to receive a deep interior knowledge. Uh, it's a practical, it's an experienced knowledge, and being overwhelmed with this, this great love of God, uh, so that I will be, by the grace of God, empowered to love God back. Once I'm filled, once I'm filled with the love of God, with divine love, it's easy to love with divine love, but it's first an experience of allowing myself to be filled with such. All right, so now we enter into the, the first point. He says that our faculties of memory, understanding, will, again, will be put to use here. Uh, so we recall back into mind using our memory how blessed it is that I'm even created. It's an amazing thing to be created. It's, it's, a, it's amazing that you and I exist, even Chris and each, each member of our audience. Let alone, he says, how about being redeemed also, an even greater act of God's greatness, that he redeems us even without our cooperation, or he creates us without our cooperation, but he redeems us with our cooperation, with his initiative, though. And so how blessed we are to be created, to be redeemed. And then we also have particular gifts unique to us. It's this overwhelming experience of how good God has been to me, how giving of his gifts he has been to me, how much he's sharing with me, his beloved. Then I use my understanding to mull these truths over with deep affection, huh? allowing myself to be caught up in wonder at how much God has loved me up to this point. We remember that St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that uh, we're meant to be caught up in wonder, that humility will lead to gratitude, a deep sense of gratitude, which leads to wonder, amazement, and that will lead us to contemplation. That's the man, the woman, fully alive. We're called to great wonder in this contemplation, how blessed I am. I like to say I'm ridiculously blessed. I don't know why God loves me so much, but he does. I don't know why God loves you so much, but he does. This is a reality check. It's a primer of how to fall in love. Our will gets involved, he says. I want to make a complete response to the Lord. As I allow myself to be more and more saturated in the love of God, filled with the love of God himself, I notice great desires swell in my heart, St. Ignatius experienced those regularly and often, how much he wanted to serve the Lord and give himself completely to the Lord, even as he was looking at, at stars and whatnot. He'd be filled with this great desire to surrender himself ever more deeply to the Lord and bring tears to his eyes, the, those moments too. I want to reciprocate that love. I want to be completely surrendered to God, to respond in love in both word and deeds. 
to surrender back to God everything he's given me. I too want to enter into the Trinitarian exchange of love. You could say, I think, Chris, that surrender is the highest form of freedom for you and me when we freely choose it. Surrender, the highest form of freedom. So we think of the example of Maximilian Kolbe entering into this noble act of surrender, where he gives his life for another. And the SS officer, who are you? I'm a Catholic priest, and I want to take the place of this other man who has a family and is about to be condemned to death. And the officer allows it. He gives his life just like Jesus gave his life for us. We are so in awe of that gift of Maximilian Kolbe. Truly, this man, Maximilian Kolbe, his saint, was filled with the love of God. You could say, too, that it's it's stamped into our very bodies that we are meant to be a gift. This refers a little bit, I'm making an accent here, to the Holy Father's John Paul II's Theology of the Body, Love and Responsibilities, the philosophical underpinning of this, that we're meant to receive others as a gift from God and to give ourselves as a gift. Our eyes are the window of the soul. Our face speaks volumes of what's going on inside of us. And our face is meant to be a gift. We don't see our own face. We only have a reverse reflection we've seen in a mirror, but our face is meant to be for the other, not for me. That just speaks of my, I'm meant to be for you. I'm meant to be my true self for you to see. I'm meant to be gift. And so we are constantly recreated in God. And so that we'll enter into this dynamic of a gift. On the natural level, there's a um, there's a proper experience of psychology which will lead to a certain self-possession, huh? to know myself as beloved son. But that psychology needs to lead in a healthy way towards spirituality, which is about self-gift. I'm living the sacrifice. So it's a beloved son caught up in sacrifice. It's not just I'm a beloved daughter of God, I'm a beloved son of God, and I stay there in that. I'm called to be a gift as beloved daughter, beloved son, giving of myself. So... That, that self-affirmation or to be possessed of oneself leads to the self-gift. And John Paul will call this the law of the gift. I'm living within this giftedness. And in that giving of myself, I find myself for the first time. In Jesus' words, those who lose themselves find themselves. So there's the, the key. I'm in love. And my greatest desires then are to surrender everything back to God. My liberty, St. Ignatius says, my memory, my understanding, all these faculties, my will, all these faculties of the soul, I want to surrender them back to the Lord. Why? Because I want them to be purified in him. I want to receive them back, renewed, purified, godly. I want to be truly free in my use and my exercise of them so that I can be authentic gift, not partial gift, but holistic gift. So that's the invitation of uh, this gifted back to God. This is what he calls the sumit sushipe, the take Lord and receive all these faculties of my memory, understanding, will, and purify them that I may receive them back as completely ordered to your praise, reverence, and service. And what joy that must bring God's heart when I'm seeking first his kingdom. I seek first the kingdom of God, all the rest will be given you. Like, Lord, I want your kingdom and everything. I want you to purify my memory so that it only gives you glory. I want you to purify my understanding so that I mold things over to your glory. I want you to purify my will. What a gift our will is. So that my choices in life redound to your glory. And I will know that all the rest will be given me besides. This is the, the prayer of a lover who wants to give everything back to the Lord. So offering up everything back to the Lord as a gift. I think that's an 
antidote itself to the world of today, that a world that seeks what it wishes, we often speak about in terms of self-fulfillment and maybe propose a plan to God of what I think would be fulfilling, what I would like to do, what I hope God will bless. And yet in love, God would come first. So we would choose only what God has already chosen for us. God is already chosen that he knows what form of service would most redound or better redound, the majisa, which would more redound to his glory, honor and service. And we would find ourselves, frankly, applying ourselves, investing all of our God-given gifts in his service and helping our children and grandchildren to do the same. So again, Mary's our model here. It's a, she says fiat to whatever is revealed to her by God. So similarly for you and me, there's a listening experience. She doesn't even take off to go succor the needs of her relative Elizabeth without first being inspired by the Lord to know what she is to do. So you and I may not experience ever an angel coming to us, but it's true that God has already chosen us and he knows the better, a comparative, the better way for our reverential praise and service of him. So our prayer is fundamentally then a listening and, if you will, emptying. It's its own kenosis. That's the Philippians 2, this self-gift of God, an opening up of deep spaces within me to allow the shafts of love of God to be set there, huh? which invite from me a surrendering response. That's the direction of where St. Ignatius is going. For St. Ignatius, God is always a choosing God, fundamental to the Ignatian charism that God chooses us. He chooses us for a role in the church. Uh, he chooses us for a particular task. Uh, we have to only listen and respond generously. Thus, you see again how holy indifference is at the heart of love. This readiness, this openness to receive the love of God and respond to it. Active receptivity, we call it. The catalyst by which I naturally respond in love. When I was first discerning my vocation in Rome, I realized how much it wasn't until I detached from my ways of wanting to serve that I was able to first receive the love of God. I was wondering why God wasn't making it clear, like, what do you want me to do? I'm here at this house of discernment. I would think you're going to bless this. Why are you not speaking to me as I wish? And I didn't realize how many ways I was trying to propose something to the Lord, a way of life and asking him to, to bless it, as opposed to going into a deeper listening experience from the Lord and allowing myself to be completely loved once I had let go of so many inordinate attachments I didn't realize I had when I went there. So to this day, I, I feel like I have to keep noticing ways in which I tend to cling to false securities in the world, my way of doing things, Father Anthony's way of thinking or acting, responding, what I would like to do, and instead go to my deeper self. That's the shallow Father Anthony, always looking for simple securities in this life, but to go deeper and to allow the Lord to open up, to allow the Lord through spiritual exercises, through prayers, to help me detach from these ways of finding my security in this life and to open up my hands, if you will, which is an image of opening up my soul in this Marian way to receive the love of God more profoundly, more completely, more holistically. And that gives me the ability to respond in self-gift, to focus on, as we said earlier, huh, the desires of the heart of, of Christ, which is really the definition of someone who wants to be a saint. We don't say, I want to be a saint, because the I will kind of get mixed up in there. But we say, I want to fulfill the de desires of the heart of Jesus. I want to have Jesus as my one in everything. St. Ignatius was so in love with the heart of Jesus. He experienced the Copernican Revolution. Jesus was his everything. The sun was his everything. The sun was the center of his universe, the S-O-N in this case. 
and and we're constantly in need of that Copernican revolution. There's so many ways in which you and I unwittingly put ourselves at the center. But St. Ignatius helps us break out of exactly that. We'll continue our conversation in our next episode. You've been listening to The Heart of the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola with Father Anthony Wick. This episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Heart of the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola with Father Anthony Wick.